now, welcome to the Ray Millennial Show, starring Ray the Millennial. And welcome to the show. Now today, we're going to talk about the conjurative cycle. Now before we get into the conjurative cycle, uh, before we get into it, if, if any of you guys want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at ray.millennial at protonmail.com. That's R-A-Y dot M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L at protonmail.com. We could talk about anything and everything. We're here to have a good time. And now if there's any sponsors that want to come on, uh, sponsor the show, throw a few dollars my way, uh, send also send an email to ray.millennial at protonmail.com. Now, I said sponsors, not acquisitions. If you're looking to buy this show, you can go fuck yourself. Now, I was going to do an episode about spirituality. And just spirituality is just so broad. And there's so much information out there that, uh, you know, I there's so many podcasts about spirituality that I'm sure you're, you will happen upon one. So, when we talk about the conjurative cycle, we're talking about what's called heterotics economics. Now, what is heterotics economics? It's basically economics that is not mainstream. Now, which lead us which leads us to discussion what is mainstream you know a great majority of us arguably has smartphones and smartphones a great majority of them have internet now i'm not saying all the population has access to internet that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is if you have a smartphone and if you have internet on your smartphone you can look up all these things i'm telling you you can verify it on, on your own. And I'm trying not to get too off the rails here. I want to reference things that you guys can look up on your own. So what what is considered mainstream? I mean, if we all have access, you know, arguably to the same data, then what is considered mainstream? Now, before we get into it, I wanted to start off with some personal experiences. Like I said, I was going to do an episode of spirituality, uh, which, you know, by the end of this episode, you'll see how it comes full circle. Uh, so I wanted to start off with a story about hummingbirds. Now, I was on a walk one day and I came up upon a pomegranate tree now this pomegranate was growing dried out pomegranates obviously and what had happened was a a hummingbird had it had peeked its little beak into this cracked open pomegranate that was hanging from the tree and in doing so it 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 just kind of got stuck there and then it just kind of choked itself out so i came across a dead hummingbird and I looked it up later 
A dead hummingbird has the significance of a rebirth, of being reborn, the death of your old life, and the birth of a new one, which is significant because today's date is April, April 10th, 2021. And like I said, I'm not releasing this show until I have 16 episodes recorded so I can, you know, have content ready to go. And uh, ever since that experience, I've been seeing hummingbirds everywhere. And I've also met a lot of incredible people on this journey. One such person was this older lady. Yeah, she claimed to be a numerologist. She told me, well, just text me your first and last name, your date of birth, and your social security number, and I'll give you a numerology reading. No, she didn't say that. But she did say, uh, just text me your first and last name, your date of birth, and I'll give you a numerology reading. So... Uh, and again, guys, I've been working in the healthcare field for over 10 years now, and I'm the last person to buy into this mumbo jumbo. I'm very much left brain. Okay, so I very, you know, very stubbornly am I following this path that I'm being veered towards. I, I want to work for 40 years and then die quietly of a heart attack. And as much as I want to do that, I'm some... Some unknown force is pushing me towards sharing this information. Um, I also have a lot of dreams. And in my dreams, one of my dreams, I very clearly saw the number 51. And the number 51 carries the same significance as, well, similar significance as the dead hummingbird, which is new opportunities, new horizons. So... the universe is obviously talking to me and then you know it's my it's my job to listen it's the universe is not going to give you this answer straight out you have to do a little legwork another person i met I, i'm telling her the same things i'm telling you right now and, you know all these signs appearing in my life and as i'm telling her this she she's just staring at me and she lifts up her sleeve she has a sleeve tattoo she points to her tattoo and it's a tattoo of a hummingbird so obviously the universe is talking to me um so let's get into it so how i'm funding this show i am doing day trading Now, day trading is very risky. It's not for everybody, but it does allow you the freedom to do what you want. And this was introduced to me by one of the people I met on this journey. I'm not sure if he wants me to say his name on here or not. Now, why is that important? So, one of the textbooks that I read to inform myself about day trading is called Technical Analysis of the Financial Markets by John J. Murphy. Now, this was written in the 1970s. Okay, there's a chapter 
in there about cycles, chapter 14. Now keep in mind, this is a textbook about day trading. And in chapter 14, where he talks about cycles, he talks about another book called Cycles, The Mysterious Forces That Trigger Events by Edward R. Dewey. Why is that important? Now, Cycles, The Mysterious Forces That Trigger Events. This book was written in the 60s. This first edition was written in the 60s. And you think, okay, I mean, like with the technology that's available today, we can print unlimited copies. What's interesting is when I went to order a copy for my own collection, this book has a price tag of a whopping $160. That's the first edition. Now, I'm sure there's second editions, but I'm not sure the integrity of the information is the same. And again, I'm trying to stay on the rails here. I want to reference materials that you guys can reference yourself you know, without getting too, you know, without sounding too kooky here. So now, now you ask yourself like, why? Okay. That's fine. Like it's a book about cycles. We all, you know, we all take it for granted. We all take this information for granted nowadays, but the book argues if we can predict cycle rhythms, Uh, about wars, depression, famine, Uh, then we can very well prevent these things from happening. Now, the book talks about the five cathedrals. Now, what are the five cathedrals? Let me read a little bit from the book. Cathedral number one, the advancement of human knowledge. Cathedral number two, the elimination of war. Cathedral number three, the elimination of depressions. Cathedral number four, the elimination of disease. Cathedral number five, accurate weather forecasting a year or more in advance. Now again, guys, like I don't want to sound too conspiratorial here. (laughs) And I'm not trying to sound too conspiratorial here. It's just that, (laughs) that's what the book says. Uh... (laughs) And uh, again, I've come to find out it's called heterotics economics. Now, why is it called heterotics economics? Heterotics economics is anything, there's economics that are not mainstream. But what is considered mainstream? Okay, we all have, ac- again, like I said, we all have access to the internet. We can all come to our own conclusions, right? So what is considered mainstream? Now, what's also interesting about this book, um, completely unrelated events, you know, in biology and economics and weather, and they all, you map them out on different timelines 
and their troughs and their peaks coincide. Uh, let's see if I can show you some examples here. Okay, well, the examples are not important, but look it up. Cycles, the mysterious forces that trigger events. Uh, going back to the contratif wave. Now, as a side note, I'm breaking this up into multiple episodes. I know people have the attention span of a squirrel, especially nowadays, where we just scroll, scroll, scroll through our phones. So I'm trying to break this up into different parts, and this part is just going to introduce you to what the Contratif wave is and who Nikolai Contratif was. Okay, now the technical analysis of the financial markets talks about Nikolai Contratif. Nikolai Contratif was a Russian economist that mapped out the prosperity and the depression of the economic landscape of the United States. And if you measure from troll to troll, measuring from troll to troll is more reliable than measuring from peak to peak, but that's not important. If you measure from troll to troll, the cycle lasts for, uh, roughly 50 to 60 years. Okay, and also in the technical analysis of the financial markets, they explain how Nikolai Kontratif was killed, subsequently killed by the Russian government for his discoveries. Is this thing recording? Okay, we're good. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know how deep I want to get into this. If it's that dangerous, I can get killed for what I know. <laughs> but he died of a firing squad for predicting that the economy has predictable cyclical rhythms that shift from prosperity to depression and from depression to prosperity uh, every 25 years or so. So why, why is that important? Okay, and again, like, I don't want to get too conspiratorial here, especially because what you know, what you know can be dangerous. We're, we saw what happened to our friend, Mr. Nikolai Kondratiev, okay? Now, further researching this, um, I haven't, I still need to finish Cycles, The Mysterious Forces That Trigger Events, which I will. And then I'll make the next episode. But while researching this, I happened upon Kondratif.net. It's spelled K-O-N-D-R-A-T-I-E-F-F dot net. This uh, website was originally in German and it's translated in English. And it talks about the book, The Sixth Kondratif. And this book was written by Leo Nefyodov and Simone Nefyodov. And it talks about what's going to happen 
if the contratif wave is projected enough into the future, far along enough into the future. Because when, before he was executed, I he projected it into the 1980s. And if we project it further along in the 2020s, the 2020s, you can look this up yourself. I'm, I, I could be wrong. But the 2020s is more or less the peak. We're at a peak right now in the 50-year conjunctive wave. So, you know, from peak to trowel, those are called hard times. We're going to descend. And from trowel to peak, those are times of prosperity. Isn't that, isn't that crazy how you can only really get better once you're at the bottom and once you're at the peak that's when shit starts to deteriorate anyway i'm getting a little off topic so i'm also i also intend to order this book the sixth contratif um but reading from the website <laughs> and it comes full full circle dude full circle this book argues that the main driver for the sixth contrative wave that will lead the economic landscape into prosperity will be healthcare, a reliable healthcare system. Now, now here's a quote from the website. The countries that have a well-developed and functioning healthcare system are already the most successful. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say all my previous healthcare employers are perfect. All my previous uh, co-workers and bosses are perfect. And I mean them no ill will. Okay, now that that's out of the way. Now, this book argues that holistic medicine and the bioengineering of humans will drive the next healthcare wave. Now, what is holistic medicine? Well, and again, this comes again. When I read this, I I was I was tripping balls because like. It comes full circle. I work in the healthcare facility and I'm not going to talk about its flaws because I'll get my ass sued back to the Stone Age. But I can see firsthand what is happening. And when I came across this, they're saying that healthcare is the driver of the next contratif wave. Yeah, that's just... I, I don't, I can't, I, there's no clearer sign than that. Let's just put it that way for me to share this with you. Um, now, holistic, my experience with holistic medicine, which was part of what I was going to talk about. Uh, so we have physical health. We have mental health. Now, what is missing is spiritual health. And again, this is an economics book. 
You might argue it's heterotics economics, but this is an economics book. Uh, nothing to do with spirituality, right? Seemingly unrelated. Um, it argues that we need to put more of an emphasis in our spiritual health and I've been doing that in my own personal life for the past couple of years I've been starting to meditate I've been taking vitamins I've been taking spirulina and chlorella that are included with my vitamins I feel that spirulina and chlorella have really developed my pineal gland. Um, when I close my eyes, I can see patterns produced by the DMT in my pineal gland. And again, very left-brained here, but after years of making these little changes, I can definitely see a new path taking form. I've also taken lion's mane mushrooms and lion's mane is an interesting one it's perfectly legal you can buy it at uh you know any health food store it's supposed to help with uh, neurogenesis what is neurogenesis neuro new genesis or neuro nerve genesis new the creation of new nerve tracts in the brain now instead of dealing with old rinkety nerve tracts in your brain they're just going to bypass those we're just going to bypass those nerve tracts. We're going to make new nerve tracts in the brain. Very effective when learning a new skill. Um, but I felt that in my personal experience, Lion's Mane has, I, I can't explain it, but I feel like it has increased my energy my outward energy towards other people. Other people are more receptive to me. Uh, I don't feel as if I've done anything drastic uh, to gain people's attention, but just from taking these lion's mane's mushrooms, it, it, I can't explain it. I don't know why, but energy is an outward flowing mechanism. It's not cooped up in our brain, in our mind. It's projected towards others, and I feel that people have picked up on it positively. I've gotten positive feedback from others. And this is from taking lion's mane mushrooms. Now there's also been studies of psilocybin, psilocybin cubensis, magic mushrooms, that um, that support the evidence that they can aid in trauma. And I think psilocybin also aids in neurogenesis. I know uh, Silicon Valley, a lot of people that work for these tech companies take um, magic mushrooms on a microdose to give them a competitive edge. And now, is this a coincidence? Now, is any of this a coincidence? Okay. I've heard of stories. Again, I'm not here to mess. I'm not here to mess with, with 
the healthcare system. That's not my goal. But most obviously, you know, people are catching on and the wave is coming. Uh, most notably with uh, Elon Musk, um, what's it called? Neuralink, which, you know, quite literally merges humans with machines. Now, no, none of this is a coincidence, okay? I'm just doing my part to inform you guys of my personal experiences. And again... <laughs> I, I'm sharing this reluctantly because I'm I'm very left brain and I use this information for my own I'm kind of selfish I use this information for my own purposes all right but it's just so obvious to me of other forces at play here now I'm gonna cut it short here um, until I do more research and we'll continue with a part two. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time.